Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast, where host Cindy Radu speaks with experts on many topics relevant to the ultra-high net worth family and family office. Cindy was author and co-author of numerous articles related to trusts, family enterprises, and estate planning and co-authored taxation and estate planning in Canada for many years. She also shares her expertise as a consultant, advisor, and educator to those in the family enterprise space. Cindy is the Chief Learning Officer of Tamarind Learning Canada, an online wealth education platform that develops practical, foundational learning programs for beneficiaries and their advisors to help them prepare for the responsible stewardship of wealth. Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Radu, Chief Learning Officer for Tamarind Learning Canada. Tamarind Learning is an online wealth education platform that develops practical, foundational learning programs for beneficiaries and their advisors to help them prepare for the responsible stewardship of wealth. As part of the Tamarind Learning Platform, I have the privilege to speak with experts on topics relevant to families of wealth and family offices. Today, I want to welcome Grant Conroy from Vancouver, Canada as our guest expert. Grant, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Good morning, Cindy, I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Today, before we get into our topic of impact investing, I'd like to introduce you to our listeners. So I understand that you started your career in London in 1996 and was hoping you could tell us a bit about your experience across the pond and how you ended up in Canada. Sure, yes. Um, so I, I started, uh, I guess I was drawn to the city um, kind of in London, so like Wall Street, but uh, in London and the bright lights. And uh, I worked there covering uh, asset managers for initially North American equity markets, and then that kind of broadened out to UK equity markets. Um, and so I spent 17 years effectively sat on a trading floor in front of screens, helping asset managers transact um, in eventually in global equities. Uh, so I kind of um, got addicted to the markets uh, whilst I was there and learned a lot and understood a lot around uh, macroeconomics. Um, and then met my wife who was from Vancouver, Canada. And I like to say she sort of dragged me back here, but it's a pretty nice place to be. So I had a bit of a career change um, after seven, 17 years in. Um, and now I've ended up in private wealth management, kind of the other end of the spectrum uh, of investing. Um, and by that, I really mean that the decision-making is more on the emotional end, as well as when you're actually transacting in the market, it's all about every basis point uh, and it's less about emotion. So on that point, Grant, I think you also um, did your FEA designation a few years ago, I think. Yeah, so um, it, it was interesting. I actually joined a company in Vancouver called Genus Capital Management, and my mother-in-law was one of the co-founders. So the Family Enterprise Advisor Program was beneficial from two senses. One, in terms of working with our family, and two, in terms of understanding how to service uh, families. And we have a lot of multi-generational family clients um, that we work with. So it's been invaluable to me and it started a whole journey of learning, which as you mentioned, Personal Planning Institute has been a big part of as well. Um, yeah, and it's, it's kind of helped me along the way. Excellent. I do want to acknowledge that in 2022, 
Genis Capital, the firm uh, that Grant works with, won a very prestigious award um, in, out of New York called the Family Wealth Report Award in the responsible investing category for impact investing product. So on many levels, uh, we're very fortunate to have Grant as our guest on the topic of impact investing. And Grant, I'd like to just start with the very basic question of what does impact investing actually mean? Yeah, um, and that's a very good question. There's a lot of advertising and a lot of uh, confusion around this. Um, and especially at the moment, it seems to have become a bit of a buzzword over the last four or five years. But effectively, it's uh, investing in a way to try and seek not only financial return, um, but also at the same time having a positive impact environmentally or socially. Um, I would say that all investing has an impact of some sorts, but the term impact investing really is uh, talking about having a positive impact on an identified problem or goal or area um, in the world. Okay, so that sounds very, um optimistic and um and forward thinking how how does that concept of impact investing practically differ from you know what people think of as regular investing yeah so i guess um it's kind of looking to have a benefit as whilst also getting a return people generally want to get a return when they're investing so i guess when you're having an impact, the two things to think of is the financial return and then the impact part of it. And so if you think of just the impact side for a moment and you can have a sort of a spectrum almost from philanthropy, which could be considered sort of concessionary investing, you're not expecting a return off there, but you're expecting it to have an impact. So you make a donation, the organization then goes and tries to have an impact on a problem. And then the other end of that is where you could be um, directly investing in a, in a company that has identified a problem and is trying to fix something in the world or have positive impacts in the world with like it could be a new product or, or a new drug or new way of doing something. Um, and so that's kind of, you could be in for a very high risk, high return, but also it's a high amount of impact if it works. So it's kind of like a spectrum from uh, on the impact side of just donations or philanthropy to actually then trying to fund a company who's trying to do something good and make that change. Um, on the investment side of it, it still kind of sits with the risk return. Uh, there's no sort of free lunch. The higher the risk, the higher potential return. And then there's everything in between there. So um, again, if you're investing in a, in a startup, there's obviously high risk and, and the opportunity of something uh, of a bigger return. Or you can try and invest in listed companies um, somewhere in the middle that are um, working towards having an impact in the world in some way. And we can go into that a little bit more in, in a moment, um, which gives, because our listed company is slightly less risk um, and slightly less return to even just like an impact GIC, whereby the money gets pulled and then loans get made out of there. Um, and so the GIC is very safe and you're going to get a pretty low return. Uh, but the money might actually be going to, to some good um, at some point. So it really is a kind of big spectrum from literally philanthropy to sort of high risk uh, angel investing. 
Okay, so something for everybody who's either new to new to impact investing or maybe a bit more experienced and willing to to step out a little bit further on the ledge, if if we can use that analogy. Um, so well, let me. So go ahead. Yeah, I just say, and it really it really comes down to the impact part. So I guess what I just described there for the investing part is the same for all investing. You know, you could go and open a GIC, or you could go and do a very high risk. Uh, investment and so it really is the adding on of the impact part that makes the difference of what kind of impact do you want to have and in, in what area and then trying to find something that fits with the right amount of risk so can you give us give us an example i think that might be a good next step yeah so um so one example uh this there's one actually i i kind of quite like um and I heard this a few years ago, and I'm not sure where it is now, but uh, effectively in some sub-Saharan um, parts of Africa, there's a, an, a company that's set up to start solar, like hubs effectively, where they use solar to recharge batteries, and then people would come and grab a battery and take it home, and then that could actually power, uh, you know, power their home um, for a couple of days, and then they would take it back and change battery. Now, this was substituting paraffin lamps or some other kind of fuel that they were burning in the home to get light or to get heat or to do whatever it is to power the generator. So the um, it's using renewable energy and batteries, and it's actually is a whole host of benefits from it because the people now that are using it aren't breathing in the fumes. You're not creating as much CO2. Um, it's actually but sort of somewhat endless energy and renewable. And then the hubs actually became a, a focal point for other businesses to, to sell auxiliary services and things. So that that is sort of um, one of the higher risk startup type uh, investments by the company that was doing it obviously needed funding to buy the infrastructure, get set up and then to put this in place. Sounds like a very good idea, makes sense to me. And this is why I remember this one because I just liked it. Um, and that can be an example of an impact investment. A, a sort of listed example, so a listed equity, so a, a stock or share that just trades on a regulated market, so anyone can buy and sell it at any time. Um, maybe one example is Vestas Wind, where their revenues, uh, they make the wind turbines, um, they're out of Denmark, and their revenues 100% come from making and putting in wind turbines. So it's creating that renewable power um, whereas other people do make wind turbines, but not all of the revenues come from that. It's one part of the business. So by investing in that listed company, you're going to get less return, um, Vestas Wind, but possibly versus the private equity. But it's still having a positive impact. Like they are still working to create good in the world and solve an issue. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, those are great examples. Thanks. Um, I think something else that would be helpful, certainly for me, and I'm sure for other listeners, is the a lot of the terminology in investing and and sort of then layering on the this impact investing. You you get a lot of acronyms and, and different terms that can be a bit confusing, like ESG and SDG, sustainable impact. Like what what. What do you find people are asking most commonly for clarification around with terminology and what are some of these keywords that people should be aware of and the definitions? Yeah, and 
Um, it's a great question. I, I think that advertising and, and sort of certainly the financial industry as a whole is not really helping here because there's no clear definitions of any of these terms. There's no sort of official definition of any of these terms. I've kind of evolved and people are just using them in different ways. But effectively, um, I would say, so ESG, just to break it down, it's environmental, social and governance. And it really means that you're taking into consideration those three factors when you're making investment decisions. So you're considering the environment, the social impact and the governance of companies. That, that doesn't really mean that you're having a positive impact necessarily, it just means you're considering them when you're investing. So what a lot of ESG investing um, does, and it goes back to my point that all investing has an impact. So sometimes the uh, sustainable investing or responsible investing or ESG investing is merely not investing in companies having a negative impact. So that might be companies that are producing a lot of CO2 emissions um, or companies that have got a very poor human rights track record. So those companies under those types of investing, ESG, sustainable, responsible investing, people use those terms interchangeably and very differently. Um, that might just mean that they are excluding the bad stuff. That doesn't mean it's necessarily having a positive impact on the world in any fashion. It's just not investing in the, in the sort of negative impact ones. And, and that's why impact investing as a term has kind of come about because really it's talking about the positive impact that can be had through the investing. The problem is that it all gets jumbled up and thrown around and it's obviously the, the definitions and the, the delineations have uh, got missed. Um, SDG you mentioned in there is, um, refers to the, the UN. So as all this is evolving, and again, it's fairly young and it's fairly new, um, there were lots of different ways of what is a positive impact. And so the UN actually came out with 17 uh, sustainable development goals, uh, sort of identified areas that we need to address um, in order to, uh, I guess, be sustainable. Um, and so you can Google um, the UN SDGs and you'll see the 17 of them, but it covers everything from sort of uh, environmental impact to clean water to healthcare, education. And it's really um, global goals as a sort of blueprint to help the planet and, and help people. And so what's happened over time is that the SDGs, the, the Sustainable Development Goals, um, as identified by the UN, have kind of become the framework now that most people are gravitating towards when they're talking about having an impact. And so it's, it's kind of thought as which of the goals are you having an impact on and then how would it be having an impact? So it gets down into a, lot, a few more layers um, than that, but I would recommend you know Googling the UN SDGs, the 17 of them, to understand that. That's, yeah, that's re really important information. I think that would be a great starting point for a lot of people just to, to have a look at that framework if, if you're new to this uh, area of impact investing to, to get a, a sense of what all is, is out there from an, a non-investment perspective, yeah. <laughs> are you coming from the financial side of it, coming from the, where, where can you really make that impact? So how then, I mean, again, this all sounds really fantastic, but when you're doing more traditional investing, it's pretty, I'm going to say, easy to measure <laughs> wins and losses and how you've, you know, whatever your measure of success is relative to your, your risk reward um, goals. 
in when we start moving into something like impact investing, how how do you actually measure impact? How do you know you're achieving your goals or the goals your uh, your client has has expressed for you? Yeah, and um, that's kind of the million dollar question at the moment for the industry and certainly for um, reporting uh, concerns. So, so there's there's various. I would say the first. Thing and going back to those UN Sustainable Development Goals, what has happened is the industry has kind of coalesced around them. So the first thing is, it's like, okay, what type of impact are you actually going for? And, and this is a, a, a good thing for listeners to understand when they're trying to, you know, impact investing sounds very sexy. It's a, it's a very uh, now term, but it's like, what kind of impact do you want and where would you like it? So some people are very focused on education and really want to have an impact on improving education. Others might be environment, um, others might be sort of uh, indigenous issues. And so everybody, we all have our own values. Um, and so I think the measuring of the impact is very key and you need to understand how that's gonna be measured up front. Now, depending on the investment, there's gonna be very different KPIs or key performance indicators or measurements or ways to impact, uh, to measure that impact and see how it works. So um, if we go back to a private, equity investment. So you are literally buying some shares of a startup or you're investing in a, in a young company that's trying to achieve an outcome that's going to have a positive impact on the world. You should be able to get a fairly good idea of what it is they're trying to do, the, the goals or the targets along the way to measure, are they on track and are they going to have an impact? The problem with that is uh, they're going to hit issues and road bumps and, you know, so you need to be flexible, but there's it's a communication thing there in terms of understanding what you're investing in, what the impact's going to be. Um, when it's a listed company, um, it's there's no sort of template way to do it again, but we have come up with a way and other people have come up with a way. And one thing that we look at is um, we look at two, two metrics, I guess. One is the carbon created per million dollars of revenue. Um, and so that's looking at the sort of environmental impact. And so by putting it into million dollars of revenue, the carbon created per million dollars revenue, you can cross compare within an industry or you can cross compare different industries. And then we look at um, the impact they're having, the positive impact they're having using data providers uh, such as MSCI or Sustainalytics who scrub companies uh, quarterly reports or annual reports, um, semi-annual reports, and they try and work out what impact the company is having in what areas. Now, under the reporting rules in various countries, there is becoming more legislation around reporting on emissions or positive impact that, that the company is having, but they're not consistent across countries and then they're very slow to put in place. A lot of the reporting rules are accounting based and numbers. So as this I guess as the industry sort of is evolving or as impact investing is maturing, there's more demand for this information and companies are responding and providing it. So um, MSCI and Sustainability are two of the main data companies out there that scrub these quality reports and then give you numbers um, that you can then use to actually measure the impact for a listed company. It, it becomes a lot more tricky um, because not many listed companies get all of their revenues from doing uh, something good. So there's only maybe 120 companies out of the MSCI world, which is about 2,000 of the largest companies in the world. 
that actually qualifies having a positive impact. So it's, it's growing, but it's a small number. Um, so measuring it is tricky. And I think really for listeners, that the main thing is understanding going in what impact you're looking to have and how are you going to measure it with the investment that you're doing or how does how does the investment measure it so it there's not an easy answer it's just making sure that you understand um how it's going to be measured and 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 how you know if it's a success because you can tell the investment return if it's successful or not but it's hard to actually know if the impact is a success or not Grant, that was really a fantastic description and very helpful. I think we could probably talk for another a couple of hours on this topic. Um, so we'll probably get you back on a, on another follow up uh, podcast if you're if you're open to that. Yeah, uh, that would be great. Uh, for me, a couple of takeaways from today is I, I loved your comment that all investing has an impact. But what I really like about um, what you said is that thinking about what kind of impact do you want to have with your investing and how are you going to measure the that impact so um grant it was great to have you on today i certainly learned a lot from you thank you so much for joining the tamarind learning podcast and we'll look forward to having you as a guest again hopefully in the not too distant future excellent thank you for having me mm -hmm.